Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello there, everyone, and welcome back to What Culture's James Bond podcast. I, I'm Ben Roy here, joined today with Neil. How are you, Neil? I'm very good, Ben Roy. Thank you. Yeah, good to be yes. back. This podcast did return, and I just wanted to, um, because you know, like we might get into some more like leading up to No Time to Die if it ever comes out in the year of 2021. But we thought today we might, yeah, as the years wind down, just talk about some of the best, best, uh, more successful henchmen, henchwomen, hench people, henchies, as we sort of come to maybe call them at some point but um in the pantheon of bond there have been there are great villains and i think every bond film is almost made by its villain but then sometimes the villain as interesting as they might be they might not even be like what we call like the final boss if you're going to take it into video game terms and the henchman hench boss hench person is kind of like the cherry on top for a lot of the films so today we're going to go over some of uh our personal favourites and what we think are the best of in the series. So we're gonna we've picked five each, myself and Neil. There are gonna be crossovers, but you know that's because they're the best. And uh, damn it, we're not just gonna say five different ones just because it's gonna make it simpler. So I wanted to roll in with um, your first pick, Neil, of what you think of who you think is or are one of the best hench boss people men ever in James Bond. Okay, yeah, well, let's go for it. I think my, my first big henchy is Odd Job. Okay. Uh, highly iconic, very memorable, um, and very loyal. He's got, uh, you know, it's, it's very easy to shop for him because he only wears the same outfit throughout the whole film. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good one. Not sure where he gets his hats from, but, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's fantastic. He's never really going to bore you as well, you know, if you're on a long car journey with him because he can only say, ah! Um, so that's a plus as well. But I, I think one of the best things about Oddjob uh, is that he can turn his hand to a lot of things. Yeah. So, I mean, he, we say he's Goldfinger's right-hand man, but we see him as his caddy, his chauffeur, uh, you know, and, uh, and then obviously right at the end of the film, when all is lost and he's locked in the Fort Knox vault, he's still prepared to die for his boss. I mean, that's, that's good stuff. I mean, it's, it's so funny that you say loyal show because I think to that uh, story of the actor, uh, his name escapes me at the, at the moment, but when um, Objob is dying in the scene where he's being electrocuted, he's actually being electrocuted in that scene. 
uh, minorly and he didn't let go or didn't stop because the director did not say cut. And the gentleman is so uh, nice in real life, he just kept getting electrocuted. He did, yeah. Uh, Har- Harold Sakata. Yes, Harold Sakata. Um, and uh, yeah, years after Goldfinger, he, um, he recreated the part of um, Odd Job in, a, I think it was a, an advert for cough medicine. Uh, which you can find on YouTube, which is is hilarious. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, he, he's just very memorable. Um, I remember him as a kid and just thought he was fantastic. I think he's quite scary, um, and he's hard. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I know not not all of our henchies are that hench, but he is. Um, take some take some gold bars to the chest that doesn't even phase him, does it? Really? Gold bar? No, he takes like a great big. Yeah, thing to the face at one point, isn't it? And just, just yeah. smile. Um, yeah, he's really hard. Um, and, you know, he's, he's up for helping you cheat to win your game of golf. Yeah. Uh, by planting golf balls. Do you think, though, do you think the hat is the, what makes up job, though? Do you think that's why he's been so memorable, like his sort of get up? I think it is the hat. It's the whole kind of butler persona. Um, you know, and I, sometimes I think it's quite sad we don't see the deleted scenes where the villain is is giving the hench person orders. You know, I'd love to see the the scene where Goldfinger said, you know, says to our job, go around to that hotel room, knock him out, and then paint her gold. You know, and our job obviously has to like he has to track down the gold paint. You know, he has to get yeah. the, you know the yellow pages out, try and find it. You know, but uh, but he's loyal. He does it. He gets it done. Get shit done. Yeah, that that's up job. He gets shit done. Uh, I'm I'm gonna move. I'm gonna cheat here for my next, for the for my first one. I'm picking two because you can't have one without the other. Mr. Kid and Mr. Wynn. Now they are they're the first I think believe like representation of of any like sort of homosexual character in James Bond maybe. And it was still like they were treating it as really risque back then. Like it's uh, some of the some of the perceptions of them might be seen as negative now like you know these first two that they're sort of like say they're the villains but i i wanted to dive in and like how they act they're some of the more sinister uh characters in the series the way that they take so much joy from like they seem to know they seem to be like 44 steps ahead of everyone and they know what's going on and to the point when they're don't worry they'll get uh pictures for the kids if you say you're going to get pictures for the kids (laughs) it'll just be a picture of you in the canal dead or being pulled out the canal dead because they keep their promise but just in a twisted way i want to know do you have one sort of like favorite moment from kid and went in diamonds are forever um it's, it's probably the scorpion scene uh, early in the film where they uh, where they kill uh, dr tynan uh, and uh, you get the impression they're kind of they make it up as they go along because you know had they not come across that scorpion while they were waiting for him yeah he probably, you know maybe he would have just got throttled to death or something but i i love the fact that they're like oh there's a scorpion let's use that to kill this guy that's on his way um there's a horrible deleted scene where they actually stuff it in his mouth yeah it's uh, got cut which you know i kind of understand why that got cut but yeah you're definitely right they 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 have a glee to their their murders um yeah and they they're accompanied by that fantastic little theme song um for me they're probably the best thing about diamonds are forever uh interesting you never actually see them with Blofeld, never see them with the main villain. No, they're always separate. Um, I th- yeah, I do think they're good. 
I often wonder what their end plan would have been right at the end of the film when they bring in the uh, the bomb in the cake. <laughs> essentially, it looks like they're going to blow up the boat they're on. Um, yes. But I know it is a very large boat, so maybe it just would have blown Bond and Tiffany into the water and um, and they would have, you know, I don't know, gone and just enjoyed the cruise. I've got a, I've got a weird... Um, I, I like watching Diamonds Are Forever. I don't rank it high at all, really. Like, there's only things like uh, Tiffany Case is just, frankly, I think, wasted for like, the most part. Like, she doesn't really do much to the point where she fires a gun that propels her off an oil rig oil rig should I say and she somehow survives but like yeah Mr. Kid and Mr. Wind, Wind they never really interact with Blofeld at all yeah. and they I, I get what you mean by that they just seem to make up as they go along to the point where they're highly inefficient they're good at killing scrubs around the film but when it comes to Bond it's like uh, we'll knock him out and uh, we'll just leave him in a pipe and yeah, this pipe will be put together surely and <laughs> no one's going to check the pipe before they seal it up. And then we're just going to hope that the, uh, I can't remember what it's called now, but the pipe the pipe tracking machine, I'm going to say, as it goes along the pipeline, will um, crush him. Yeah. 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 I think it's, yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not a great thought out plan. But yeah. Hey. Uh, like I say, I do think they, um, they're just very memorable in a film that hasn't got too much memorable stuff in it, if, if you know what I mean. And uh, I think both the actors are still with us uh, as of recording. Yes. Um, I'm actually friends with uh, Bruce Glover on Facebook, um, okay. and uh, he's hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and have, you, has, has, have any of you, have they, has the Scorpion ever come up? Like... No, no, no. It's, it's it's never been mentioned, but uh, you know, I, I, I just it's a it's a good creepy Fleming esque way of killing someone, isn't it? Scorpion. I can remember seeing like Bond books. I'm sure on some of the covers of the old Flemings, one of them's got a scorpion on the front, and it's yeah. it's just um, it's just a really cool thing. Um, and yeah, you know, I think uh, I, I even like the way they the way they go. Um, I like uh, Mister Wint's cry of "Ooh!" You yeah. know, just uh, just before he. He blows up. I, I like how um, uh, Mr. Wind gets jealous of Mr. Kid at one point for like sort of yeah. pointing out how um, is it Tiffany? How beautiful Tiffany? Uh, yeah, he yeah he admires. He says uh, he says she's very attractive for a lady. Yeah, um, just just so you did if any of you didn't realize out there, um, but yeah, I like that sort of jealousy at some point. And they do feel like the one of the only planned bits, like the, the really the weirdly thought out bits of the movie, sort of like that sort of hold there. Like they, unlike Objob, they command to the scene, whereas Objob sort yeah. of fits into the scene and he's sort of like bellowing on the sides and then like he feels like behind camera. They're, they Definitely. are the scene, it feels yeah. like to me. Yeah, you get a Winton kid scene, don't you? It's like, oh, yeah, 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 here we go. It's, it's a Winton kid scene now. Yeah, they're, they're very memorable and um, yeah. And unlike, I, I, but you're right. You can't have one without the other. And unlike um, uh, anything else, like you say, an job, they've kind of been forgotten and never really resurfaced in any sort of like Bond media again, where it's like you know fantasies and stuff. So, just thought we should give them the shout here before we move on to your second choice. Here. Yes. Okay. My second choice is Fiona Volpe from Thunderball. Um, I think uh, I just like her because she's so evil. To the end, um, I, I think you expect that, you know, when Bond does get bed friendly with her, afterwards she is going to sort of see the light and 
and, uh, and and join his cause. But no, she just she stays evil. Uh, yeah. She's absolutely fantastic. Uh, she uses her um, she obviously uses her sex appeal um, at the beginning of the film to um, to, to lure. Um, oh, I forget his name now, but uh, but Domino's brother basically yeah. to, uh, to to steal the Vulcan, and um, and then later on we see her on a motorbike you know taking out a spectre agent for failure um she can just do it all uh yeah and she's um she's highly attractive she's i'm just a fan <laughs> just a fan of fiona she's and, got a great, um, great death as well and as well as sean Connery says yeah she's just dead yeah <laughs> no um it's, it's weird because i think this is a lead for you really because um fundable really isn't one of my jams like i i never really jived it. I thought I didn't like it when I was younger because it's just like I was missing something because of youth but uh, having watching it again recently uh, Thunderball just again doesn't resonate with me and like hardly uh, for, even from like Largo like just ah, did, was, was he just wearing an eye patch and that's why everyone thought he was amazing this is what I kind of feel like with Thunderball and sort of thing like that and it, no, it's just, just not your fave, is it? No, I, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. I mean, there, there's another, there's another henchman in it uh, called Vargas. Yeah, and he's he's a strange guy because um, he's kind of like a teetotal, doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, uh, doesn't have sex. Um, but they don't really do much with him. Um, so he's I, the one I, that catches the um, the harpoon in the stomach. That's it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's, it's, it, but he, he just doesn't do enough. I would say Fiona is is the main henchy in it, and um, she just gets to do some really cool stuff. I just, uh, yeah, I really like how evil she is, and she's also a really good actress. No one really talks that much about acting in Bond films, yeah, you know. But uh, but she's absolutely fantastic. And the scene where uh, after they have just had sex, and um, the other the other guys come in, and she's just acting her socks off, you know, in front yeah. of Connery, and it's. Yeah, she's fantastic. Well, in an era when they would just hire models and especially yeah. redub them, it's just nice to see like at least one or two women stand out for different reasons in the Connery era, other than just like their looks. They were like so imposing on the screen. But yeah, for me, uh, Fiona Volpe just never did it, sadly. And um, this is why I'm going to move away from it because I don't really have anything else to say <laughs> about uh, Refundable without me just trashing it. Um, you've, so we are picked through a line at one point. Our uh, job was also on a mine. I should have said that. But um, from one woman to another, probably the best, one of the best women in, I think, all of James Bond. I'm going to go with here. Uh, Funke Jensen as Xenia Onatop. I think Xenia Onatop is... She, she marks a real turning point for the series. I, I think maybe because Goldeneye was the first wholly original sort of like Bond uh, film, other than obviously uh, Ian Fleming's uh, Island Home or Island. I don't remember exactly what was named the Goldeneye. Uh, yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's any other top, just you don't expect, Oh, obviously you, you just don't expect straight away to have, her to be sort of some sort of like I wouldn't say super soldier, but she seems to be like she's a she's special forces, she's trained well, and she can kill you with her thighs, just by <laughs> just like that. She can 
I, that we never really see what she could do. We just see um, that great shot of the Admiral sort of like, as he's smiling as he's... I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't breathe. Uh, watching that when your like, parents walk in. Like, well, I, I just watched that all the time. You're like, well, it's James Bond. Like, I'm sorry about this, but I did. I, I had no idea that this was going to turn up in this film. But yeah, um, what do you say... Uh, I, I, I'm going to actually uh, gush a bit more about like, uh, especially Funka playing this uh, uh, role here when um, they go into Seven Eye and she's dressed up all in the leathers and she's got the Kalashnikov with her uh, with her General Ricardi room off and they are faking a testing sequence and she's looking around all sinister and then he almost it's, they almost play it as if she just starts shooting with him not even realising because the way uh, Aromov just sort of moves off to the side and then she proceeds to moan as she eliminates everyone and takes the pleasure in murdering everyone here not even with her thighs not even sexually just she's just filling them with lead so now she is loving it and it's from there and she also has one of the best deaths i think in out of all of these and they give her like a great array of outfits and a great she fits into scenes where she uh she's responsible for stealing the tiger helicopter for example yeah she's kind of like a main component in the field for what we would later reveal that is alec trevian pulling the strings from behind the scenes but i just have you got any sort of like your favorite zenya on the top moment or I like yeah, well. I kind of like that she uh, she has um, she has some one-liners, doesn't she? I think there's uh, when um, when she well, she doesn't actually kill Natalia, but when she tries to kill Natalia um, at Seven Eye, and then she comes back and says, "I had to ventilate someone," you know, yes. and I'm like, "Oh, that's, you've done it. That's a Bond. <laughs> Bond's supposed to say these lines, not you." Uh, yeah, I think she's really good. Um, I like the. Uh, I like the scene where she's waiting for the two pilots, the two tiger pilots, um, and she's sort of pretending that she's like a you know stripper or something like that, yeah. and then she pulls out and just guns them both down. Yeah, she's uh, she, yeah she's she's really great. Uh, I like that she smokes cigars. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I can't quite work out if her and Trevelyan are like a couple or not. So I think we're on the, when they're on the train later, and he's kind of like forcing himself onto Natalia. She's just finding it quite amusing, isn't she? You know, she's yeah. jealous. I don't think they've ever stated that they don't really do anything, but you could probably take that they probably have mm. uh, like fooled around because, like, you know, you're evil at the end of the world, like, why not, sort of thing. And um, maybe is it they, are they playing Baccarat in Goldeneye at this point, or are they playing poker? Uh, I think it's Baccarat, yeah. Yeah, and the way, even from like, uh, wait, the way they reveal that to like the classic sort of like, um, first time we ever see a Bond go on screen and when Connery is like, man, drink Bond at the poker, uh, at the back rack table, we see Xenia sort of filling that spot. And it's kind of like um, uh, a nice all the way around because it was like six years since between Bond films at that point. So we hadn't seen any Phoenix yeah. points. So it's like a nice sort of like, not a reboot, I would say, because none of them are ever really reboots, but a nice reintroduction to it all. And um, especially after the likes of like uh, Mayday, uh, that we just get pushed into a more of a forefront of like uh, the women can kick ass and bond as well if they are given the right material and I think or from head to toe top to bottom from start to finish I wouldn't change anything about Xenia like 
even from her death where she gets crushed between two trees. Yeah, I actually, um, I'm always a little bit disappointed when she dies. Yeah. She's not around for, she's not around for most of the, you know, the, the finale, is she? Because it's just kind of before they get there that, that it happens. Unlike um, the, say, like, even though, oh, is it Auric Goldfinger dies uh, after Objob. Objob's the final boss in that film, right? Uh, Mr. Kin and Mr. Wit, they're pretty much the final boss, even though they're just falling around for cake. <laughs> yeah. And they haven't got a scorpion to hand. But yeah, Funko sort of like, she's the second to last sort of like fight. And you kind of like almost forget her because Bond and then Natalia are pulled into the base and we have all that sort of run down. We get a bit more Boris spinning the pen around. And there's yeah. so much more after of, of the film after she's gone. So it's like, you can almost forget that she's, like a major role but up to this point she's the reason well her character is the reason everything has happened mm, yeah and uh, like i say her death scene is is great her her headbutt <laughs> to yeah. natalia which was it was cut for ages i mean I, thought, I think i had the vhs when goldeneye first came out it wasn't on there it wasn't until i got i think maybe it was the special edition the ultimate edition they put the headbutt headbutt back in yeah and um yeah i was uh because that her ending death scene was like cut severely down like yeah. but it's in, in the later years she got a bit more and they give her another lick <laughs> and i'm um, just <laughs> yeah but yeah she always did enjoy a good squeeze as they say i just and from Zenya, i wanted to move on to your next pick there neil like who do you have next uh in this oh. list that we've got going so far I don't know if, if if this one enjoys a good squeeze, but um, she she enjoys a good murder of the main character's bride. I'm going with uh, Irma Bunt uh, from Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Um, you know, she's again. I th- I, there seems to be a um, uh, a theme in mind. I'm going for the really truly evil ones, but uh, yeah, she is horrible. Um, I really enjoy the, the bit where Bond thinks he's getting into bed with uh, Ruby, and it turns out that <laughs> again, this is one of the the, the one the, the scene, the deleted scene. I'd love to hear. Go and <laughs> go and get in her bed. <laughs> when Bond comes in, you can pop up. Yeah. But yeah. Yes, yeah, she's absolutely fantastic. She um during the chase through the the village, the Peace of Gloria village. Um, there's a point where like her car blows up. And it, yeah. it does look like it's the actress, and like the bomb like goes <laughs> off on her back. Like I'm, I'm, it must be a stunt person, but it it literally looks like she does get blown up, and um, yeah, and then she's kind of forgotten about. I think I don't think we see her when they storm Peace Glory at the end in the helicopter. She's not there at all because I think she's she booked. Yeah, she's got out of hospital that. because she got blown up. Um, but then we see her, yeah, come back at the end, um, and she's never mentioned again. So she got away scot free. You know, yeah. um, uh, oh, I, I'm surprised they haven't brought her back in some way in like hmm. this new Craig era or something like you know, they, they, they kind of reboot respect to sort of thing, but yeah, like she's there from the she's sort of like the shepherd of the angels of death, it feels like mm-hmm. she's sort yeah. of uh, the angels of death for anyone that doesn't know is uh, uh, Blayfield's uh, plan to destroy the world's food supply because he wants to basically just be absolved of his crimes. But surely you do that, then the governments around the world get rid of the angels of death and then they just come back for him anyway. Like, 
Well, that's it. I mean, I think it's a bit stupid having a plan, you know, to release a virus and start a global pandemic because you know, it's not very likely, is it? It's also really boring at some <laughs> points. You think it's to be a sun, and no, it's just a lot of people refusing to cover their their orifices, yeah. and then you just sit indoors for days and months on end, years on end, maybe. But yeah, um, the angels of death. It's <laughs> there. Especially then, they're all just. Uh, I think in the credits, they're just basically credited after their race, pretty much, and whoever they are. But yeah, um, she's the she's the real sort of shepherd of them all. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it's the thing about that like, you know what's going to happen, but you still kind of like you're the strict sort of like overruler and teacher in their mind, the mother in a way. Yeah. And you, you get the impression that she doesn't trust Bond from the second she meets him. It's almost like she knows straight away that's James Bond. Like yeah. he's never hidden his identity, even though he's got a new face. That's it. And he's, you know, he's, he's going along with it and pretending he feels airsick in the helicopter and all this stuff. And I, she just has this look like, you're not fooling me. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, so she's not, um, we don't see her doing anything particularly hardcore throughout the film <laughs> until, you know, the last minute where she, yeah. uh, she murders Tracy. I mean, and that's yeah, and uh, and yeah, it's it also it's referenced for films on it, like for all the way up until what was the last time they referenced that? Like, um... if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Have it to get 30 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20 20, 20 bit to get 20 20, bit to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Uh, in Living, uh, License to Kill, I think, it even gets a little reference of uh, the death of Bond's wife, right? Like, he was married once. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they ever did in Brosnan. No, I think at that point they've, they dropped it but I think it was referenced it was, it was definitely, definitely referenced. License to Kill yeah 
And we had like Blofeld getting murdered off or fake Blofeld getting murdered off in For Your Eyes Only. But yeah, that, that sort of, that whole thing comes up a few times. I think Felix Leiter mentions it, actually. That's it. It is License to Kill where Felix's wife, before she's horribly murdered, uh, says Bond should get with someone. And, is, and Felix is like, oh, well, you know, the uh, whole uh, but, uh, wife is dead. Once. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's married once, but that was a long time ago. And um, <laughs> well, even it was, it was 1969. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I know she doesn't have all these huge iconic moments like, you know, like Odd Job and, and Winter Kid, but I just think she's worth putting in there for being the person that murders his one true love or his second true love. That's fair enough. And um, I think we're going to jump to my, is it second or third one now? I think I've had Odd Job, Xenia, and I'm going to go to one that from a film that I don't also don't like. I don't re-watch as much, but I still enjoy it for what it is. Uh, Necros. Is it Necros out of uh, Last, uh, yeah. The Living Daylights? Now, it could be there just for him being the, the murdering milkman of our age, where he just sort of nonchalantly, uh, he sort of upgrades. Right? It's like playing uh, the Hitman games, where he starts off as a runner with his uh, radio around him, and his radio... Just uses just uses a bit of wire and just chokes people out, and he keeps upgrading his title from milkman, and then gets into sort of the this uh, is again uh, he changes his accent yeah. every time, doesn't yeah. he? But, you know, he's the, when he's when he's the jogger, he's uh, he's he's got like a Californian accent. Then he yeah. goes and cockney for the milkman, and nothing <laughs> just adapts to whatever he's doing. He, he really goes for the role. And like Winton Kidd, he's got sort of like a music thing that follows him around, but it's also yeah. diegetic to the scene because it, he's listening to it, but no one else should really be able to hear it. And um, he's always sort of like never fully shown us, I feel at like some points before he attacks. And then when he's, he's even like noticed at one point by one of the um, operatives in the safe house, uh, when he's trying to uh, capture, uh, I can't remember his name. Koskov when he's trying to capture Koskov. Uh, later we know that he's actually working with Koskov, but the way that he just like throw, throwing the milk bottle in there and then boom, it takes you're surprised how nuclear these milk these milk bottles are. And I just it's always a fun thing to watch back and it's I think a forgetful moment of like the Bond series, but I think he's one of the best. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's fantastic. I mean that 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 um that fight in the kitchen yeah. is it's it's the best fight in the series that doesn't feature bond it's so ruthless they go really going i love just how they're they're utilizing everything around them like oh there's a there's a frying pan of water absolutely it's it's uh yeah it's absolutely brilliant um and don't they have an electric bread knife at some point <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like knives it's it's just great yeah I, I love that whole sequence and it's just so weird to have a big action sequence like that Bond's just left, doesn't he? He's literally yeah. driven away before it happens. Um, and uh, he's single-handed. Yeah, well, yeah, I think uh, later on, the, um, the Minister of Defence says, we're the laughing stock of the intelligence community. One guy came into <laughs> our, our, our MI6 safe house and stole the guy that's just affected right from under our noses. And uh, yeah, and that's, that's Necros. Absolutely. With, with uh, bottles of milk. And um, later when he goes on to... Uh, be even more of a menace when he's a balloon salesman and he will shut uh even more of our sort of operatives into like doors and things and just yep. well necros doesn't he doesn't care he just he's always like 
the way he kills people seems so violent. It was like, I think it's telling like Necros might have even fit better into the the highly more violent uh, license to kill in a way. I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah. It was almost yeah. like a telling of what was to come, sort of thing. Yeah, uh, and then obviously his uh, his final scene um, is that fight on the opium <laughs> sack, you know, uh, yeah. whilst, hanging, whilst hanging out of a plane. It's it's yeah, it's incredible, um, and uh, it, yeah, he's he's just huge. I mean, the actor's huge. He's in Die Hard actually, which is a nice little Christmas reference. Isn't he the? Um... Is he the now I have a machine gun? Ho ho ho! Well, he's the guy. He's whose machine gun he steals. To, yeah. yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. Yeah, um, uh, and he's um, he's also when they decide they're going to murder Pushkin. Yeah, they send Necros along to do it, but Bond gets shoots before, and obviously Pushkin has the fake blood. You know, it's a fake assassination. But yeah, yeah Necros was right there, ready to do it. Um, and I, th- I think he has a line at some point. He's 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 got like a uh, he's fighting for something. It's something about his. He says something about his comrades at one point. You know, it's almost like he's not just evil for the sake of it. He's 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 got a cause. He's fighting for a cause. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just uh, just fantastic. And I I do think he's his name is. If you go to sort of casual Bond fans and say Necros, I'm not sure they really know who we were talking about. And I think no, because he's not bombastic and everything. He just has exploded milk and. He just has a, a walkman of the of his day sort of thing. But yeah, um Necros thinking about this just now, like uh before that, for me he just has to make the list. But I wanna know what's your next one. My next one uh, was also Necros, so we'll yes. <laughs> move on to my final one. Um which is the first one I ever encountered, and that's Mayday. Okay. <laughs> So let's just look at Mayday. I, I, what I quite like about her is uh, she's up for a parachute jump. You know, she's, she's, she's skilled. Yes. So you could spend a day with her. She could help you with your out-of-control horse, then go parachute jumping, and then give you a karate lesson in the evening. Um, she can turn her hand to a lot of this stuff. Um, she doesn't seem to be particularly there mentally. Uh, <laughs> I that's probably thanks in part to being around a crazy sort of like ex-Nazi experiment, uh, Max Zorin as well. Yeah, well, it's it's also. I mean, there's there's a point where they um they reference the steroid kids and say they all have enhanced strength and stuff like that, and you never actually see any of that from Zorin, but you do see it from Mayday. So I'm always yeah. thinking, is Mayday one of the one of the steroid kids? You know, at one point she picks up that whole KGB guy, doesn't she? Yeah. Um, Dolph Lundgren's in that scene. Um, because uh, she was going out with him at the time. She got him a little walk-on part. Um, bless him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just, I like these, I like these henchies that can turn their hand to, to, to different things. Um, was Mayday the sort of, like, I say she's the predecessor to, like, say, Zenyonata, but before that you didn't really have a character like Mayday, really, did you? There was no other sort of, like, was there another, like, uh Bond girl, should we say, that could go toe to toe Bond in that way physically, or they let them anyway. I don't think I don't think there was. No, Before I mean that, obviously you had Anya from the Spy Love Me, who was the Bond girl. Yeah, I mean you know, you, you, but uh, but yeah. she never really fights Roger Moore. She just uh, he just goes, let's get out of these wet things, and she's like, yeah, sure. Well, that's it. Yeah, and uh, going back to what I said about uh, you know whether or not. Um, 
Trevelyan and Onotop were a couple, it, that's also confusing whether Mayday and Zorin are a couple because you certainly see like Zorin them kissing at times. But also, Zorin seems to find it quite funny when she goes to have sex with 58-year-old Roger Moore. <laughs> you know, the, the, doesn't seem jealous. The facial expression he, pull, uh, he pulls there is golden. Uh, just, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, go for it. But I, I do think they are in in with it with each other. I think they are both like dating at this point or whatever you, whatever you can sort of say. Like I think sinisterly like going at it. Like I think we see enough of that from the karate scenes when they're training before maybe is then sacrificed to go and sleep with granddad Roger Moore at that time sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, an evil but yeah it says she she does she does some really henchy stuff like you know when they push when they put uh, Roger Moore in the Rolls Royce and roll him into the lake it's her that pushes it in. Yeah. Um, it's it's her that catches the KGB guy at um, they on like that kind of oil rig thing you know, it's her that pulls him out of the water with the with the tape. Yeah. Um, and his death's horrible. Carl, I think it's her that shoves him, you know, when they put him down in that oppressor thing. Yeah, oh, the, well, the, um, the pipeline. Horrible. I had to shut my eyes as a kid when, when that's in. I think it's Mayday that's shoving him in. I, I, yeah. Yeah, and also, also when um, they cut away, they don't really show much, but they cut to the sort of the dials as they sort of twitch before they yeah. go back to sort of like full power. I, what I really like about Mayday as well, that she's played brilliant by Grace Jones and uh, like she's, a, she's such a good pairing with Christopher Walken at the time. And she uh, eventually has some sort of like uh, come up and in the end, and she sort of like redeems herself. And like, like uh, a few characters um, uh, over the series have done this, but um, I don't think any into the way that such made it ever did. No, she doesn't redeem herself because Bonds ploughed her. Yeah, you know, that's it's, it's way later. It's the the thing that makes her um, <laughs> change her mind is when she sees that that Zorin left her to die. Yeah. And her two, and the other two girls, um, Jenny Flex. I can't remember the other one's name, but you know, she realizes you she's remember Jenny playing. because she's always like Jenny. Jenny. Yeah, yeah, that's yes. Um, in her American accent, it's also really funny. I know I keep banging on about accents, but earlier in the film, she she says to uh, Stacey Sutton, "Your helicopter will be." In. It's like, why are you do? Why are you doing a Russian accent? I don't understand. Yeah, whether or not that was early in the filming, and they just said, "Look, just." Cut that, cut that. Just use your normal accent, Grace. Um, apparently she was a bit of a nightmare on um, with uh, getting up in the morning and getting to set. Um, okay. I think Barbara Broccoli was, was put in charge of get Grace Jones to set on time. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. But well, uh, she's great. She's very 80s. And I understand a lot of people don't like the character. And I understand a lot they... of people don't like the film. I, I've, I've, heard, I've, heard, <laughs> I've heard a few people not, not like Mayday, but... Yeah, I love her. And Grace Jones was an 80s icon at the time. I just, uh, it, it just, it all works to me. I've certainly seen the hate for A View to a Kill. Uh, but even when they go, what of you to a kill? I mean, I, I, something about that film, I think, do you think that film would have worked better with a Timothy Dalton? Or do you think, it, like, it, only Roger Moore could have sort of pulled that one off? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I, it's so hard because I'm just used to seeing it with Roger Moore playing it old, and it really works when he's with uh, Tibbet earlier in the film. Yeah, you know, and there are these couple of like old guys <laughs> hanging around. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Mayday kills Tibbet like just out of the blue, like, just destroys him. 
course. Um, Which you know, was and... scary for me when I watched it. Like you talk about like having to turn away, like her being in there for some reason, the music swelling and that sort of thing. Yeah. That got me, especially younger when I watched it. And this was one of my favorites, still to this day kind of thing. The speed yeah. she gets in that car at <laughs> the <Yeah>. gate. <laughs> I remember yeah, no, I, I timed it. Every, I get every Bond fan at some point has gone, let's actually count now. Yeah, it's about two and a half seconds. Well, it's kind of like um, I can't watch the world is not enough about trying to hold my breath as Piers Brosnan swims out of one hatch into the other, and I would die every time. Like even this, (laughs) never have I been able to hold my breath that long. But yeah, I think I don't understand why anyone would hate Grace Jones in that role. I think she, it's just that, just for everything like uh, we're just a breath of fresh air in terms of like say the standard mold we've come to see. And we don't need to really explain away her super strength. She just has it because she's a hench person and she's yeah. a hired gun slash lover of Max Oren and she's just going to be badass because she is. Yeah, um, and she, think, she ends the film laughing, doesn't she? Just before yeah. the bomb goes off, she's just laughing to herself. Brilliant. And has always has great sort of like elaborate get-ups each time. Like, I don't think you ever see her in the same scene wearing the same thing twice either. Yeah. She's always like got a new interesting outfit going on, which is also like uh, just appreciated from a visual standpoint. But I think we're now gonna shuffle over to any anyone's listening, like uh they're probably like, where is so and so? Where is so and so? You're really all asking if you out there, anyone who's listening, please be listening. I'm crying inside. Uh Jaws, uh, because come on, who was it gonna be? The only is it the only hench person to ever return? I'm pretty sure Jaws is. Yeah, we've had, so. we've had returning characters like uh, our, our mate General Gogo, who just like comes back and just becomes a comedic character in the end. Who, who I should say in um, A View to a Kill, just I think I mentioned this last time, but how does he get into America when he's like a super secret KGB Russian general guy? And in the middle of the Cold War, he's, he's just in San Francisco, just chilling out. We're obsessed with General Gogol. He's great. He's, like, he's such a fun <laughs> character. But yeah, Jaws. I want to. I could gush forever on Jaws, so I'm gonna let you speak about Jaws first before I say everything there is about say about Jaws. What do you think of Jaws? I love him. Uh, he's he was scary as a kid. Um, the, the early parts of the Spy Who Loved Me, I do yeah. find him generally terrifying um i love all that stuff at the egyptian you know the, the, the when, music when is so like, great for that scene yeah. Right, yeah and at one point he's really high up isn't he <laughs> like, he's I, basically I jason Voorhees for the first half of that film i feel like just teleporting around and just sort of like instead of the the sort of sting as he keeps teleporting around the show that's going on He's he's a step ahead, you know, when they're in the back of the van and he's listening to their conversation. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, he's great. Um, I mean, in the Spy Who Loved Me, let's see, he he's he's basically going around following. I think is the line is isn't it? Anyone that comes into contact with that microphone is yeah, to be eliminated. Microfilm, yeah, um, the, the microfilm. Yeah, so I know he kills uh, Fekesh at the pyramids. He kills Max Kalber in his own club. Uh, he's just he's just going around taking people out and by biting their um, their jugular is that what it is? I think he's just biting anywhere on the neck. I think it's just, <laughs> yeah. I mean we see later in the next one that that his his jaw strength is something to be uh, wondered upon where he can bite through 
inches. Is that inches? Like <laughs> me- meters, the miles of steel cabling. But that's jumping ahead. Like in The Spy Who Loved Me, he genuinely is terrifying and someone who would uh, first, as a young child, young boy, would play Goldeneye the game and then be like, well, who's this Jaws person? Who's this object person? And you'd find, I'd watch all these out of order and then see The Spy Who Loved Me. Oh, that was excellent. That was great. I was so scared. And then it just throughout the film he's always like he basically dies how many times in that film he well yeah I think he, this is the thing because he's so massive he, i mean he goes out the train he's in the car that lands in the guy's little house and he yeah. just dusts himself off obviously the, the the sharks at the end at the end uh, when the egyptian builders damn them for building such a bad structure which is one of my favorite quips i think from the uh especially roger moore's lineage yeah, uh, I, I think that was almost ad-libbed as well, Egyptian builders. No, I think I, th- I think the story I heard was there were a lot of Egyptians on set, mm. and and they were worried that you were that he was going to offend them, so he mouthed it and yeah. then and then put it in later on ADR. Yes. Um, yeah, Jules, he I think that you know the moment on the train where Anya opens her wardrobe, yeah, and just so. as she does it. It kind of, I think the camera kind of zooms in and you hear that train whistle. Terrifying, terrifying little bit of horror from uh, Lewis Gilbert there. We should probably rank the train fights at some point because how many train fights has Bond had over the franchise? We've, um, Red, is it Red? Red Grant. Red Grant, uh, T. He. T. He. Uh, Mr. Hicks. Binder. Yeah. They're yeah. Doing a lot now. And I think this is up there as probably one of the better ones. I don't know about you. What do you think there? Um... I know that you probably don't have all the train fights. But... Yeah, well, well, well I, I think the best one is is Red Grant, but this is good. I mean, I, I like when there's a one point Jaws grabs Roger Moore's face and his whole hand, yes. <laughs> he has, it's, he's, he was just such a huge guy. Um, and he gets the, you know, bottle of champagne smashed over his head, just shakes it off. And he's always dusting himself off. He's just, yeah, he's... He's great. And then you don't think he's going to be in Moonraker. Well, obviously, we, we, we know he is. But yeah. um, it takes... Um, I love to see where Drax rings up, like, yes. henches are us, or whoever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and uh, he says, doesn't he? Well, of course, if you get him. Yeah, and his facial expressions there are just sort of like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll have Jaws. Pl- I'll have a Jaws, please. And I think... Even though that uh, I've um, read a lot, I've I've interacted with people that just hate Jaws in that film because he's such a comedian. After that first scene, what is it? What festival are they celebrating in um, in um, in Moonrace? The Rio is it the, the Rio Carnival? I think so. But him dressed up as the clown, and it's still that's still the Spy Who Loved Me Jaws. That's still the legit. Yeah terrifying and then he just sort of gets wished away by three or four people dancing around him and then sort of from there he becomes more of a sort of like recurring comical character but i think it even works there most much because what a lot of people don't know and what i finally found out to um via like other podcasts researching this sort of thing is that kids wrote in to say like why did jaws have to be the bad person and then that's apparently why jaws became the good person in moonraker yeah yeah, I've heard that. Um, it, it, I mean, it does, <laughs> yeah, maybe it made some kids very happy when he turned good at the end, but um, it wasn't, it didn't me. Um. <laughs> I mean, it would for me if we had got one more out of Jaws. Imagine if Jaws appeared in, say, like, 
I don't know. Uh, I'm just trying to think of where he would fit now. Like, say, a later Roger Moore film. Like, imagine if he just came back in, like, Fiorides only and or something like that, or <laughs> a, view to a, a View to a Kill, or even in a Dalton Bond, like, The Living Daylights was there for a bit, or something like that, you know. Imagine if... Or the, the the lost Dalton films that we never got. Imagine if he was still able to go then, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it would have been good to have a Jaws trilogy, definitely. Um, I mean, he finds love at the end, doesn't he? <laughs> and, and somehow falls to Earth and doesn't die, sort of thing. Uh, as um, uh, I'm glad he gets that little line, obviously. Like, I think a lot of time like, actors have to speak to get a significant amount of like pain Bunny, yeah yeah and uh, when he goes well here's to us as they drink away as they fall uh we, we didn't mention by the way he gives they, they go to space in this film if you didn't realize and how jaws <laughs> plummets to the earth with his um now one true love as they've um meet in in drax's sort of like uh facility before that trying to craft a new master race but not you would not the one you'd think it's a master race of like all sort of different ethnicities and sort of thing like that and he's trying to regen the population and i think once jaws hears that i don't know how he didn't hear that before that but once he hears that he's like <laughs> yeah it took him a while <laughs> yeah i've got here for world genocide i've got people I, if you kill everyone i've got no one else to kill <laughs> yeah no, I do. Uh, and, and another great moment we uh, we haven't spoke about is the, the the fight on top of the cable car. I think that's a great Jaws moment as well. Mm, that and um, the boat chase is the boat chase uh, is quite more funny, but I still think I still enjoy it. Uh, all of Jaws' demeanor, even when he's even in that car chase in the Spy Love Me, where he just grabs another guy's gun, like get out of the way, this is my gun now, sort of thing, yeah. trying to kill Bond the whole time. And yeah, wrestling the shark and swimming away out of Atlantis, just throughout the ocean. Like the, he's the true unkillable. And I'm even though we never got him in the third film, I'm really glad we got him in the uh, James Bond game on PS2, GameCube, and Xbox. Everything or nothing, where we get that jaw, we get classic jaws because the power of graphics uh, and computer technology to face off against uh, Pierce Brosnan a few times. And in that game, he he pops up like several times as he would add out of the films. And it was just such a nice thing. Like it, it, they had my money when they showed me Jaws that one time. Like I had just like the uh, Fright Futurama, take my money because it's Jaws. <laughs> I want Jaws in there more than just the multiplayer character. And it's just so great to have him back. And I think as, as everything, as everyone, everything we've spoken about, all the villains, I think he's even up there as like more memorable sometimes than Blofeld to some people. I don't know. Like, what do you think there? Like his starts in the pantheon of Bond characters or Bond notoriety. Where do you think he stands? Blofeld's hard because, because shoot me the, down if you want to shoot me down here. Like, if you think I'm just kissing Jaws's ass. No, 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 not at all. But yeah, I suppose if you th- if you think of the Bond franchise's main villain, then it probably is Blofeld. But it we got a different Blofeld every time. So it was, it's quite, it's quite difficult um, yeah. to, you know, you could, we, we could do a whole show on Blofelds. Um, <laughs> we, yeah, probably, think, we probably will now. <laughs> I think Jaws, I, I think in terms of iconicness and memorability, Jaws is probably number one. Our job would be up there, be better, but I think Jaws is probably, probably number one, just cause he's, he's so huge. Cool. Um, and he did scare me as a, as a kid. Uh, I, and yeah, it's it's just again like odd job. They don't have dialogue. 
You know, odd job yeah. makes a kind of ah noise. Jaws gets one line at the end, which is a bit daft. So rest in peace, Richard Kill. He did a great performance there with like with not a lot. He just his expressions yeah. sold it all. Even in that clown suit, he somehow sold his expressions. Uh, I just want to quickly get from you though. Uh, worst, worst henchman. This is just I'm dropping this on you now. Like, can you think of any like off the top of your head that you don't like? I think it's, and I hate slagging off this film because I'm a big defender of this film. But I think it's Elvis in Quantum of Solace. Um, <laughs> he really, he really just doesn't do anything um, yeah. other than get kind of tripped up and falls down the stairs by Agent Fields. Um, he, he, yeah, he just doesn't really add anything at all. It's got to be Elvis from Quantum, much as I love Quantum. Mine is going to be Mr. Kill from uh, Die Another Day. Because, uh, what's your name? I'm Mr. Kill. And then that's enough for that. That's enough for that. That's just ruined it now. So that was um, our sort of like, oh, we'll top however many, like, because it was, we picked five each, but you know, there was some crossover. I can't do the math in my head so quickly. So I'm going to end there. That was our top henchmen. Uh, we, henchmen, hench people, hench, henchers, as we've gone to call them in the Bond franchise. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's, I feel bad. We've missed out some. We've missed out so many, but there's amazing some... ones. But, uh, you know, well, we, we, we could do an episode probably on each of these individually. Even that I could talk for hours about exploding milk, for example. <laughs> but um, I just, if you have any that you thought you missed out, you know, you could always tweet us at um, What Culture, or you can tweet and shout at me at Ben Roy Turner, or you could tweet and shout at Neil at uh, Neil James83. Yes, but until um, next time, uh, maybe we'll do. Maybe we will do a Mister Kill podcast. I'll, I'll have to think about that. But until next time, it'll probably be till after Christmas that we speak to you or you hear us. So right. yes, yeah. Just just quickly, while you mentioned Christmas, uh, it's, it's been making me laugh ever since we mentioned the uh, last time we spoke when I said, "Well, you know, Bond and Christmas." I always think of On a Majesty's Secret Service because it's yeah. set at Christmas, and you went, "Oh, I always think of the world is not enough because." Dr. Christmas Jones. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I think on Christmas Day, I'll probably be watching <laughs> On a Majesty's Secret Service and you can watch The World Is Not Enough. Yeah. And then Christmas will truly only come once a year. But until then, I've been Ben Roy. I've been joined by Neil. Thank you, Neil. And we'll Thank speak you. to you again soon. Pleasure. Cheers. Thanks. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.